Is my mind empty or half full? I will let you decide as we discuss any damn thing that is on our minds. Welcome, 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 my beautiful people. Welcome to the podcast Mindful, where we discuss anything that is on our minds. Anything that is out there worth talking about, we're going to share it. And you're just going to have to listen to my ramblings and my thinkings. But guess what? I listen to yours too. My mind is so full right now and I know yours too. So let's free our minds and get talking. Hi, my beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of Mindful, the podcast. Now, my guest today is a two-time award-winning author, a keynote speaker, career strategist, thought leader, light worker, and a podcaster, among many, many other things. (laughs) Now, she has been a leading professional in the tech industry for over 20 years, you know, but today she is here to talk about her remarkable, remarkable book, Seeking 74 Key Findings to Raise Your Energy, Sidestep Self-Doubt, and Align with Your Life's Work. Great book. Now, here to share her experiences with us is no other than J.J. Geronimo. Hello, hello, Jesus. I'm so honored to be with you right now. This is so exciting. I know. And it's, I read the book and it's, it's, I am excited to talk to you. (laughs) Now, first off, first of all, this book seeking, this book is, is a book for self-development and self-discovery. I have to tell you that. I mean, it's the ultimate. Um, I can safely say it is like the Bible or like an encyclopedia. I mean, the younger folks won't know, the Gen Zs won't know what an encyclopedia is, but <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's like an all-encompassing book for self-development and I love it. I've been reading a lot of self-development books and you know, listening to a lot of self-development talks, but I can say, JJ, that this one like has everything, the A to Z, for self-development. <laughs> well, I was right with you. I've done so much self-development myself for decades, and I really just put in the things that I thought were game changers for me. Yes. I mean, it, it was. While reading the book, you know, it, it made me laugh. It made me cry. You know, it, it gave you that sense that you need to have deep introspection. The emotions just came. It's like every little thing. And it was, it was just so, so, so truly remarkable. I just, well, you know, I co-created it with the universe. So I'm lucky the universe picked me to bring that book into fruition. And I'm glad that that book came to me also. <laughs> so, I mean, the universe have a way of aligning itself. And that's so true. But, you know, mm-hmm. JJ, my first question to you is like, what inspired you to write this book? 
Well, this is my third book, and I have to say I was really focused on careers and women and getting there and getting that promotion or getting on the board seat, but I found when I achieved a lot of those milestones myself, I still did not have that connection I wanted. I didn't have those joyful moments. I didn't have that self-acceptance that I thought those external metrics were going to provide me. And then the universe has a crazy way of when it really wants you to learn a lesson, it starts, you know, taking things from you and throwing in all these crazy things into the mix. And my life started, you know, just things happened with my family and things happened at work and just things I thought that were going to happen didn't happen and vice versa. And I just realized, like, I felt like, is this it? Is this it? Is this like this grind and striving? Is this really what it comes down to? So in 2016, I really started just going to classes I could find online or on Meetup. And I'm like, I need to figure out who the heck I am. Yes, I totally, that resonates with me because it's the same thing that happened to me in about, yeah, about 2016. It's the mm-hmm. same thing. Like you kept yearning for more, like there must be something else. It's like, you know, that there's more. So I yeah, and I kept getting pushed. Like you, the universe pushes you along, and it's like, well, try this out or do this. And even if you don't want to, it just keeps coming in different ways. And you're like, all right, already, all right. So <laughs> whether it's a book title, a podcast, a TV show, someone's telling you something, like I feel like there's all these energies that play that are really helping us on our journey if we pay attention. And I mean, how did your personal experiences and your journey, um, like influence? the content and the direction of the book. Well, it's interesting because my other two books, I just sat down and wrote them. I never did a book proposal. And I really wanted to get this book published by Hay House. So I went to a Hay House weekend, uh, Writers Weekend in Texas, and I put together a book proposal first, which is kind of interesting because I channel my work. Like I channel my writing. I sit down and co-create with the universe. So I don't really have a... challenge like getting content on paper especially when I'm called to do so but this time I needed to write a book proposal which was really hard for me because I had to write about what I was going to write about so that took a long time that took six nine months to create I did not get any feedback or I didn't get selected so after a year and a half of putting the book proposal and then waiting and waiting I got the message back like nope we don't your your book didn't make it you know and uh that kind of was like a deflating because I really felt like I was supposed to go that route. And I was gonna, I really felt like this book was going to get picked up by a, by a spiritual publisher. And so I took the book proposal and I pitched it to six other publishing houses and none of them picked up the book. So I was not planning to write the book. I was like, "Mm, I just don't know. I just, the world must not need this book. I just don't know. So couple months went by and I started, people started asking me questions that I had planned to answer in the book. And I feel like that was the universe's way of saying, write the book, write the book. But I I still was kind of depleted and deflated. So it wasn't for another six or seven months, like maybe November. I kind of got all the no's in June, July, and it was November that I was like, okay, it was November, 2020. And I was like, okay, I, I am going to write this book now. And even if nobody picks it up, I will figure out a way to publish. If I'm supposed to write this book, it will happen. And so I started writing the outlines again. I started just, I just started writing it. I didn't even go back to the book, book proposal. I just started writing it. 
and then I realized I got to a point where I had too much content and I had to figure out what the heck to do with everything. And I used Upwork, which is um, an app, a uh, website, Upwork. You can hire consultants. I hired multiple content people that work with books. And it was like, I hired four people and none of them could really get it where like, it just was never really coming together. And then I got a reference from somebody that I then that woman. And that's the woman that actually worked with me on the new updated outline. And once we really kind of got the outline down that I was like, all right, I am going to get this book done. So it took a long time to really lean into this book which I think I wasn't ready to write it when I first put the book proposal together. Like I wasn't as okay with my journey as I was when I actually sat down and wrote it, wrote, like wrote it. So now I just think all of those were just distractors so that I wouldn't write it until I was ready. Exactly. Like the universe telling you're not ready. And then it just delays you for that time. <laughs> and you touched on it that it was so much content, you know, and the book covers such a wide range of topics and experiences, you know, that help and guide readers on their journey of self-discovery. That what was the most challenging part of writing the book? Well, as you know, I wrote about the mother-daughter relationship. And I think that for me was one of the most challenging because I love my mom and I'm grateful for my parents. I believe we pick our parents in a lot of ways. They teach us one of our most instrumental lessons is a human. And I was debating like, should my mom really, she's, she reads a lot of murder mystery stuff. She hadn't read my business books because she wasn't in business anymore. And I just wasn't sure, like, should I go and tell her? Should I not? So for me, it was really like making sure that all the people I loved was really delicate, but honest about how their impact in my life helped with my trajectory. And I think the most challenging thing for me is after I wrote the book, my mom said she bought it and she was going to read it. And I was sweating bullets. Um, and not because I put anything really that horrible, but I just don't think anybody thinks their kids are going to write a book about them or every chapters, which is, you know, the mother daughter relationship and how instrumental that is for women across the board, no matter where you are on the planet. And um, we've had some really conversations conversations because of it and she's had a lot of like energy releases from it so now it's all good but I say that was the hardest part oh and I can't imagine because as you said sometimes you know you don't know what they're gonna think or sometimes you don't know what they want people to think or you know so that's sometimes a little tricky that is a tricky topic but it was such a good chapter the book was that chapter was so good. And it also helped me. I tell you, you know, JJ, this, this book <laughs> was like therapy for me because I had challenges also growing up with, um, not really growing up, but as an adult with my mother, my parents. And, you know, it just resonated with me that, you know, you should, the, the way you, you grow and the way you think or the, the, the impact that your parents have on you you know, it, it's, it's a lot and it, it, it molds you into maybe who you are now. And sometimes, you know, understanding that no, let you know what you want to maybe get rid of too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I thought long and hard 
about those chapters, but I feel like for women, and I do a lot of work with women in business and groups, like one to many, but a lot of people, you know, when women are on stage and they're in things, they often comment on their dad. And, you know, my dad was the one that had very little on when women get to real successful positions, are they commenting? And so I did a lot of research just in my own, just like just in my own conversations. And a lot of people have stories around their relationship with their mother as, as my mom does too. And so really getting to kind of what, how is that fueling you positively or negatively? Like, how are you growing from that? What is the biggest lesson you think you learned from that parent that really was trying for you? And um, what do you do with that lesson? That's true. What do you do with that lesson? And, you know, um, getting into the little insights of the book now, because I have lots of questions. <laughs> you know, I tell you that the book resonated with me so much. And um, from like the beginning, and especially when I took the, the quiz, you know, is this book for you? And when I took the, the quiz, I tell you, it, it, it brought a lot of, you know, self-thought, introspection, and that sort of thing. And one thing I want to pick out, though, is that um, that struggle with finding your purpose and your passion, because I still struggle with that. I still struggle with finding my purpose and my passion. No matter how many things I do in life, I'm like you know, what's my passion? What's my purpose? So my question to you is how can one find their true purpose and passion? Can anybody really do that? Yeah. I mean, the things that light you up, the things doing, the things that maybe you think about that you don't even put on your schedule. Like so many of us have such natural gifts we were brought down to the planet with that we are expected to use. But sometimes we become very good stewards of the person we should be. And we're checking the, I got that, I did that, I went to do that, now I have this. And like, we don't leave a lot of time for those gifts. And I feel like wherever you are in your journey, exactly where you're supposed to be, there is a lesson in wherever you are, if it's a relationship, a job, neighborhood, you know, maybe like, what is the lesson you are meant to learn right now? Because that lesson will be part of the puzzle piece that you need when you get to the place next. And for me, I always thought it was a destination, but in reality, I am collecting puzzle pieces throughout my life that are just now coming together in this very beautiful mosaic that I could have never created at 25 or 30 or 42, that you need each piece of these, each piece of your journey to really give you the tool set yes. to make your mark on the world, to do the work you're supposed to do. And that could be inside or outside of your house. That's true because I have a podcast episode that actually, um, it, it, it essentially says connecting the dots to your greatness. And it's the same thing I was saying that like little things and little experiences in your life. Sometimes at the time you don't know that, you know, it, that will, that is the thing that will lead you down a certain path. But then eventually you like see the little things coming together. When you, when you think and you look back, you see the little things 
connecting <laughs> and that leads you to where you know you want to be so i i agree you know but i think when people sometimes talk about finding the passion and finding your purpose people look for a big thing that big thing that big idea you know instead of looking at the little little things that really makes you who you are or makes you feel fulfilled within right mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And a lot of what I had done before is outward searching. So I was out in the world searching for my passion and purpose when the whole time it's really inside you. And it's about dusting off the stories and sidestepping the self-doubt and listening to your whispers that give you insight of where to work. And when you when you work to really kind of work from the inside out, and I talk about this in the book, I work with a lot of energy practitioners and people that just show me new ways of doing things so that I can continue no longer serving me. So I have space for more light and love for myself and for my journey. It's amazing how the universe ushers you along. That's so true. That's so true. And, um, you know, in, in like, since you brought up like the energy and the energy what exactly are you talking about when you talk about the energy? Yeah, this is something I didn't realize. And I, I wrote my first book called The Working Woman's GPS back in 2010. It was published in 2011. And I didn't realize that I was swimming in a mud puddle before I wrote the book. I was in the wrong job. I had two young kids. I moved my entire life with my husband and his job. And I took away all my fuel stations, things that inspired me and lit me up. And I spent a couple of years in a life that I didn't have many fuel stations, places that I enjoyed, that were my own, that made me feel good. And I got out, out of reading and out of doing solo trips and doing different things for myself. And I didn't realize until I somebody told me I should take a self-inventory where I just monitor what I say all day long, that I had more negative thoughts and comments than I had positive. And when you spend your day, whether you say them out loud or not, you know, talking in a negative tone or worrying or having so much fear or being frustrated or angry at somebody or, you know, this person did me wrong, that affects your energy. And if you think of your energy like a radio station, right? Radio station is FM state. So frequency modulation. Are you at like an 80.7, an 88.5, a 92.7, a 102.5? Like where are you on the frequency scale? Are you investing in positive energy or are you draining yourself every day by what you watch, who you talk to, what you do? And I didn't know you had that much control over your energy. So a decade and a half later, almost, I, um, I am very, very focused on what I watch, what I read, who I talk to, what I say, not only to other people, but to myself, so that I can keep working to have a good energy, a good frequency. Yes, yes, that's true. Because a lot of times, the things that we do and watch really, you know, that really um, affects us. Because I know sometimes when, when you're really tired, or like right now in my life, I used to watch a lot of TV. <laughs> used to just, okay, it's relaxed time. So you watch a lot of TV and that sort of thing. But now when it's no longer just watching any little thing on TV, 
Um, it's now, you know, listening to podcasts and listening to self-development things and, you know, reading self-development books. And your mindset just changes. Your mindset changes. And then, as you said, the universe just brings things together. <laughs> and then you realize mm. that what you were doing before, like, what were you doing before? <laughs> so... Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've seen my stuff shift so much since 2008. I mean, it's crazy 15 years ago where I was and what I'm doing now, but I agree with you frequencies or energies attract. So if you have real positive energy, you're going to attract more positive energy. And if you haven't, if you are sitting there saying I'm positive and I have all these takers around me, you know, sometimes you've got to set some boundaries of what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. But eventually those energies want to be with like energies. So they're not going to be around that and I think for many of us giving ourselves permission to really mute the negative whether that's inside of us whether it's what we talk about whether it's what we watch in fact when I was writing seeking like no tv no reading any other books no influence of any other content like I had to be a clear channel to receive and write receive and write receive and write and when you start mixing that up with negative convert. Like I really cut out anybody negative in my life because I just said, Hey, listen, I'm writing this book. I have to, it's a, has a certain frequency to it. And I just need to stay in the zone. You know, I, I can't go to lunch meetings. I can't be meeting for coffee. Like I need to just stay in the zone. And I really created those boundaries and space when I was writing the book, because I felt like I just needed to vibrate at a certain energy. And I couldn't take the risk of having somebody pull that way down and have to work to get it up again. But it's hard, though. It's, it's hard work to attract that energy and have that frequency because we're so used to, it's like we're setting our ways, you know, those old habits. So sometimes it's really hard to, you know, stay on that path to keep that energy. But gratitude, having a gratitude practice. I talk about this. I learned this from a couple authors and obviously Oprah, but having a gratitude practice. And that is like a gratitude practice. Like I have this to eat right now. I have money to put in my gas tank. I get to go for this walk. I have two legs. I get to spend time with you. Like like the beauty of just appreciating where you're at right now. Because a lot of people say, oh, I want more money. Well, the universe isn't going to give you more money unless you appreciate the, the resources you have available to you right now. And we put so much emphasis on money right? So that, that's why there's multiple chapters in the book about <laughs> the energy and frequency we give money because for women, especially money can be a huge hurdle because we've been taught so many things about money. And that is something that I had to, and I'm still learning, but I've had to really work on my money stories. And when I read the chapters about money, it made me think to, you know, how, how I think about money versus, you know, how you going to, spend how it affects you so i tell you you know this book has <laughs> everything it's like the a to z for self-discovery <laughs> it does you know it, it it really makes you think you have to you really have to think you know and jj in mm. in like chapters five and six you talk about being overcommitted but still yearning for more you have the ever to-do list because I have a never-ending to-do list. <laughs> it never stops. When you think it's coming down, 
it goes back up, more things go on it, yeah. you know? And I know a lot of people, a lot of people I know, I talk to, they struggle with that, you know, always having things to do, always being on the run. And I can, I can safely say sometimes I even ask God to give me two more hours in the day. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, we just need two hours, two hours in the day. So, you know, what do we do when we have so much on our plate, but it's just not fulfilling at all? No matter what we do, no matter how many things we have to keep us busy, all of those things, at the end of the day, we're still saying, okay, what next? Yeah, I can appreciate this because I've been there. And when I was putting my books together, I would always ask leaders and successful women, like, how do you decide what to do? Like, they'd always say, mind your yeses, be careful of what you commit to. Time is your biggest asset. But for me, I'm like, well, how, how do I do that? And so one morning when I woke up, uh, I got this chart idea of putting this chart together, which I'll share with you and your listeners, but I call it the power of no chart. And it has six columns and I'll just highlight what they are. But the first one is what have you already committed to? So list everything you've already committed to, everything you've already said yes to. And when I first put this chart together, I printed out one eight by 11 sheet. By the end of the week, I had four, four sheets because I had, so that's column one. Column two is who are, who's asking you for this commitment? Is this a friend, a family, a coworker, a sibling, you know, whoever that is, because I had some repeat offenders in my life that would continue to ask me for things that would further their trajectory. Oh, number eight. Yeah. Number three is, does this commitment align to what is important to me now or what is important to me for where I am going? So it's just a yes, no. Does this commitment align to where I am or where I'm going? The fourth column is, does this give me good energy? Yes or no? Do I dread it? Is it fine? Okay. Or do I love it? So it's a plus or a minus, or if you're not sure, you can use a slash. And those questions, when I get asked to do things now, I go through those lists, like who's asking? Does it give me good energy? Does it align to what matters to me? And the fifth column is, is it the right amount of time? Yeah. Is it something I want to give 20 hours to or two hours? And how do I maybe reorganize for 20 hours. So I talk about very specific stories in the book of how to do that. And I feel like you need to have some sort of format or chart or something that you're going through in your head when people are saying, hi, can you just take on this initiative or can you do this? Because as you know, and everybody knows, when you say yes to something, you say no to something, but people don't teach us what to say yes to and what to say no. And so this chart, which I'll give you, you can watch the video and then I have questions that you should be asking yourself when things come your way, because it's just, you give away so much time so quickly without realizing it. And that is precious resources for the work you're supposed to be doing. Oftentimes that often doesn't get on your schedule because you were saying yes to so many things that really shouldn't be on our schedule. Yes. And that's, that's for me. And that's like every day <laughs> you have your things that you set out to do and then other things just swerve and even for for things like I set out time for maybe like uh me time 
and I'll say, okay, this two hours is going to be for me. But then something else comes up. But then I'm like, okay, I can do me time another time. And maybe it's a test. Maybe that's a test. Like, do you really need to do that other thing? And I feel like I do the same thing. Like I set aside the month of July to really just start to think about what I'm going to work on, you know, with the universe next. And the whole month I've already been doing stuff. And I would say that I'm making more mistakes and I'm not because I'm supposed to be breaking right now. I'm supposed to be resting. And I think, so now I've gone, I was doing lots of podcasts. Now I'm down to one because I want to do a really good job. And then I want to give myself time to write and read, but the universe is constantly testing me to see if I really want it. Yes. (laughs) And the universe does test us a lot of Mm. times, but JJ, can you talk about the illusion of success? Um, You know, that chapter in, in the book, where you talk about people chasing professional success. You know, you tick all the boxes. And I always say that you, you, we succumb to society's pressures and values instead of doing what really is in our heart. So can you touch on, you know, you call it the illusion of success. <laughs> can you touch on that a little? I do. I do. Because Oasis, like you always think, as I talked about earlier, you always think when you get there, you're going to feel more fulfilled or you're going to feel better about yourself. But every step of the way that the the metrics and markers that you meet, you realize quickly, like there's very little time to celebrate and it doesn't make you feel any better. All it does is it feels like you're even more behind than you were before. And it's the carrot keeps moving. And I think it's orchestrated for people that want to be awakened because eventually the awakened souls will say, wait a minute, this doesn't really feel right. I feel like this doesn't make sense. I have, I interview a lot of energy practitioners that started off in other jobs that talk about their journeys of moving from being an accountant or being in insurance or maybe working at the schools and how little by little they started things off the side of their desk. And I was almost almost named the book off the side of your desk because many of us have things happening off the side of our desk that is really filling us up. That's so true. And you know, the other day I spoke to a friend of mine and he was saying, you know, he's over 40 and he felt like he has underachieved for, you know, the age that he was and the stage that he's at, he has underachieved. And I said to him, what do you mean? Because you have so many things going for you. But it's just that, you know, that illusion of success, you know, those boxes that you think you have to tick off that makes, you know, makes you feel that you're an underachiever instead of, as you said before, giving thanks, having gratitude for, you know, the things that you do have. And a lot of us, that's what happens. It's like we're so. Yeah. You know, church says that we should get married by a certain time. Well, society says that we should get married, even for women. We should be, we should marry and we should have kids by a certain age. You should have a certain amount of children, you know, and you must, in your jobs, you must reach the stage by a certain age. And if you're all of those things, sometimes the race to get there, you're like, okay, when you do get there, what (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. I'm still not happy I have everything that society says I must have but I'm still not happy and you're still searching and seeking you know and that just that chapter when I read it just um it just hit it for me (laughs) 
what am I searching for? What do I have and what am I still seeking? <laughs> you know? And that's that is beautiful. That's why I'm beautiful. <laughs> to just it's beautiful. Get the book. <laughs> uh, it's beautiful. And and I would say, what if there is sort of this energy that's kind of over the planet that makes us feel like we're not good enough or we're never gonna get there or you know, it's not going to happen. I feel like we have the option to either listen to that energy or shift, right? So that energy often is fearful, worry, anxiety, or we could shift. And mindfulness is a huge underpinning for me for this, for that shift, because I didn't realize that I had that option. And until I took mindfulness training, I didn't really realize that I didn't have to listen to that grinding energy in my head that made me feel so bad all the time that I could just be an observer of it and choose to be grateful and choose to share love and choose to be happy and choose to be appreciative for where I am. Because when you choose to be on the other side of that energy, because you could only be on one side of the fence or the other, you have to figure out how to get on the side, on the other side of the fence. And for me, mindfulness did that for me as it really gave me the tools to realize that that voice is just a voice in my head. I can choose to listen to it or not. And I can have a talk track that is very appreciative, very grateful. And when I consciously started to make that shift to the other side of the fence, I felt like life got a little easier because I felt and realized that life is happening for me and not to me. And when I was on back on that other side of the fence, everything, oh, this went wrong and this didn't happen and I didn't get this or can you believe that? I mean, it was just the cycle of negativity. Even if I wasn't saying it out loud, I was saying it inside. And I think a lot of us struggle with this self-doubt. And yes, and so that's why it's like the whole book is really to help you shift to the other side of the fence. What what, what mindfulness techniques did you use, JJ? Because- I know for my Caribbean people, um, mindfulness is not a thing for us. Like, you know, how do you get that? What techniques do you use? You know, it could be as simple as just going outside and noticing 20 things. So sit outside wherever you can, whether it's in your yard or at a park or at the water and just notice 20 things because the majority of us go through life in our heads. We're planning on where we're going or we're reflecting on where we've been. And when you spend all this time up in your head, you don't, you are not in the present moment. And if you're not in the present moment, you can't even notice that your mind is not who you are. It is a piece of you. And mindfulness training is just about getting in the present moment so that you can be aware of what mind chatter you have, what's happening around you, what to be grateful for. And for me, when I started shifting to being in the present moment, like really working to do that on a regular basis, I couldn't believe all the messages I would get through people, what they would say to me, I would see how more gratitude I had for like my legs and my body and my, you know, all these little teeny things that I often took for granted. And I feel like for many of us, it takes practice shifting to get to that love, appreciation, and gratitude, but it is 100% worth it. JJ, it seemed like seeking (laughs) when you're on that journey for, you know, self-fulfillment and self-discovery is a lot of hard work. It's good work. It's good work because if you believe life is happening for you, one, you're not a victim. And two, everything that happens every day is a orchestrated perfectly for you to get aligned with your 
life's work, to learn the lesson that you're in so that you can evolve in the direction for why you've chosen to be down here right now. And we are all here on purpose. There is no accident to us being here right now. And some of us are going to choose to be on the love and gratitude side of the fence. And most of us are going to default to the worry, anxiety, frustration side of the fence. And I feel like I still have several more decades to live. Like if I get to choose, I'm going to choose to be on the love gratitude side of the fence. And I want to hang out with those energies. Yes, that's that's the energy that you we're aspiring to go to. (laughs) Yes. And seeking for me is exactly how did I make that shift? Because it is a lot of work, but man, it is so enlightening and so powerful. And the things that are happening in my life now, I could not even imagine for myself. And JJ, in the in the book, you also talk about refueling, you know, um, refueling. And how can we refuel, though? Because I know when you spoke about refueling, you went to the a solar retreat and that sort of thing. But for those of us who can't go to like a retreat and that sort of thing, some of us might can't afford things like those that, you know, you spoke about in the book. How can we refuel if we can't really afford like a trip and that sort of thing? That's amazing to ask. So I used a lot of points, uh, hotel and airlines, because I was in tech. So I had a lot of travel for work and I was able to do a lot of that with using miles and points. But even if that, just finding things you can do. So I find things I can do all the time, like taking a walk when I should be working you know, just taking that time for yourself. Sometimes I'll just go have a sandwich and sit in the park by myself, or I'll bring a friend I enjoy talking to. Sometimes I'm working so hard, I never even finish a cup of coffee and it's freezing cold. So I commit to myself in the morning, I'm going to have this hot cup of coffee before I start working. Like finding things that make you feel good you know, is really important. And I think the people you talk to is so instrumental right? So many of us carry relationships for decades when we know they're not healthy for us. So you might not be able to leave those relationships, but you can definitely shift how much time you spend in and with those people. And so finding people, and it could be somebody that works at a coffee shop or at a library or at, you know, the local, you know, wherever grocery store, place where you get fruit, you might just find companionship and people you least expect. But my entire spiritual journey has brought together some amazing people. And just like you and I are talking, you can connect anywhere in the world. And there's so many free courses and free meetups that really it just takes a little bit of effort. And um, since we're on, you know, meeting people and finding people, you know, you stress group and community, you know, we should, you know, find groups or um have people in our community. How was how easy was that or hard was that for you? Because I, I think you 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 formed groups and that sort of thing. Well, I will tell you that I get whispers. I don't know if other people see this as much, but I'm listening to more books that are talking about whispers now that I wrote about it. It seems like I get it more. But like in 2008, I was sort of got a whisper, an idea to bring women together in tech, which I didn't do for a couple of years after I heard it. And then I, in 2000, I think it was 2021, maybe 2021, I was told to bring the mystics together. And again, every time I hear these, my first initial reaction is, uh, yeah, no, not me. You've got <laughs> the wrong person. 
you know, how could I ever do this? Who would listen to me? I'm not smart enough. Like I have this whole talk track of things I tell myself I can't do. And, you know, a woman two weeks ago told me you should name that. You should name that. Pick a name. You don't know anybody. Like, I don't know, really know any Shirley. So I, now I say, okay, Shirley, I got it. I got it, Shirley. You can go back to your lounge chair. I got it. So I name it when I hear all those things. And I, I really kind of lean into what it is asked to me, you know, like I get these crazy off the wall ideas that don't make sense. And I could tell they're not driven by fear or worry. They're just kind of an idea. I think about it. And then I generally hear something or people will ask me, oh, can you, can you connect me to this person? Or could you bring me this person? And little by little, I'll see it kind of happening. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I do have to bring those groups of women together. And so the last group of people I brought together are light workers uh, and energy practitioners, many of which I've used myself to kind of move from one side of the fence to the other. And now I interview them about their journey, their self-doubts, the work that they're doing now, what their family says about it, how they work to empower people. And for me, I think it takes the, the negative connotation, right? People are like, oh, that's too woo, or that's that's witchcraft or that's this or that, that's that, you know, I think that energy that's kind of over the planet doesn't want us to tap into that knowing because they want us to stay on the negative side of the fence. That's true. And when people don't understand, then that's what they put the negative connotation to things. So I, I, mm. I totally get that, you know, but you spoke about, you get whispers and yeah. I love the way that you put that in the book, you know, you should follow your whispers. Can you explain to my listeners, you know, what really or how should, because my thing is the whispers, as you said, sometimes you go out into, when you have an idea, you go outside and yeah. sometimes, you know, it's in nature. As you said, sometimes it's Shirley. <laughs> yeah. Shirley's always around me. She's Shirley's trying to protect me at all costs, but sometimes she keeps me too small. That's for sure. I got to, I'm like, Shirley, I got to branch out here. I got to try things I haven't done before. But the particular story you're mentioning is, you know, I want to work in combination with a bigger energy and I don't want to have to do it all myself. So if I get a retreat idea or someone comes to me with a retreat idea, a lot of times I'll go right outside in my house and just sit out on the porch and I'll tell the universe, like I'm telling a friend, like, I'd like to have a retreat August 24th. I'm going to bring business women together, but we're going to do things in our bare feet and we're going to listen to tribal music and we're going to do fire releases. Do you support me doing this? And just as I'm saying this now, all the trees in my house are going because I am putting that together. Uh, and the I wait to get uh, a sound, um, a vibration. Uh, the wind picks up. And it's funny because... When I put it out, it, I have very distinct messages come back to me. Like, Emma, does the leaves start to pick up and gain momentum? Do the birds chirp louder? Sometimes I hear nothing. And I go back to my desk and I'm like, well, I'll wait for the sign. And sometimes, just like I said now, it's not even windy here, but all the trees were just moving. And then they'll stop. So I feel like I get a little bit of a, like a head nod when I go outside my house and just put it out I plan to do. And I'm like, is this aligned to the universe? Is this aligned with what the work you want me to do? And I generally get a response. I either get a distinct response or no response at all. And either way, it's fine. I go back and I'll start working on something else until I get the next message. But how, how do we know that those are like whispers? Is this something that just oh. um, 
It just yeah. comes to you. You feel it or, you know? Well, all of us have different, you know, there's five different clairs. So we, some of us might think it, some might see it, some might hear it, some might feel it. So I feel like for me, I usually like feel it or hear it. So I, when I was, even when I was writing this book, you know, I had nobody to publish the book. So I was walking around um, one day with my dog and I was like, I'm crazy. Why would I possibly publish a book? Nobody wants to publish. (laughs) And as I was walking through the park, I just said, well, if I'm having this problem, other women must be having this problem too. Like that's kind of what came to me. And I was just kept walking and it's like, you can do this. That's what I heard. Like, that's kind of the thought I had. You can do this. And it wasn't my thought. I knew it wasn't my ego. I just kind of knew it was like, you can do this. Like, okay, I can do this. And I just kind of sat on it for a while. And I was trying, and a couple of weeks later, something had happened. And this woman came to me and she said, well, how are you going to publish my book? Like she had the fear I should have had, you know, she's like, how are you going to publish this book? This and that, da, da, da. no one's going to read it. And I was like, I'm going to publish it myself. And she's like, well, no one's and I was like, no, I'm not only going to publish this book, I'm going to take all my books back and I'm going to create a publishing arm for other women too. And I had no idea how I was going to do it, but I felt like it, I felt it in my bones. Like I was like, yes, I am. Why is this so hard for women? Why is this so hard for me? This is crazy. And so forward in that direction. And I really didn't get any indicator not to like everything kept falling into place. Even the publisher that I use was like, I can help you publish other women's books. And I'm like, we have to make it easier for women to get their voices out there. And if I'm having such a hard time, other women are too. And I've got to help fix that. That's true. And the universe have a way of really pushing and nudging you. (laughs) That's so true. And it's, it's the same for me on this podcast. Like, I I stumbled across podcasting, um, never even knew what that was. And as I said, I it's like I was seeking, I was searching for more. You were yearning for more, you know, at that time in my life. And I just saw this thing come up about podcasting. And I'm like, what's that? And I went to the classes. And when I went to the classes, didn't know anything. I was like the only one in there that never heard of what podcasting was and I just I went to the class sat there for the day and just listened took it in and I tell you JJ it's like for maybe two years I sat down and I'm like but this is something I like this is something I love to do and I sat there should I do I remember I bought my microphone and I'm like I have the microphone but nah my voice doesn't sound too good. The, and you come up with the different excuses and a fair, who, who am I going to talk to? What am I going to talk about? <laughs> and everything. And here we are. Here we are. Because the universe is like, the universe have a way. And as you said, those whispers, it's like all of a sudden, for two years, I'm saying, I can't do this. I can't do it. I can't do it because, but then every time you say, I can't, something comes up about you know you doing this about podcasting you know and ad just pop up on the phone or you know you're just skipping through something or somebody just come to you and talk about something and you're like okay I get it <laughs> this is what I should it's be nice. doing so sometimes sometimes you know we we hear sometimes there's the whispers 
but we ignore them because of fear. And, you know, I am so glad that in the book, you spoke about the fears and the obstacles and how to get over them. So listeners, read the book. <laughs> um, uh, and feel free to reach out. Like if they have questions, they can reach out to me to, on any social platform. But I feel like the frequency of the book is for people that are really yearning to get to that next level of awakening, that next level of their life's work. And a lot of times we have to clean out the closet so that we have room for new things. True, true, true. But JJ, um, like seeking and searching. How many years did it take you to seek? <laughs> well, I feel like my whole life, years. although, yeah, my whole life, I didn't even know I was seeking, but I would say that I really started in 2016, like really dedicated to finding out why I'm on the planet and what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm still working on it, but I have a lot more clarity now. So seeking can be, it. there's no time limit. It's a journey. And you have to be on that journey to know the time that it will take. Yes. And I feel like the book will only speak to certain people that are really ready for that shift, which you clearly are. So that is amazing. <laughs> yes, it, it really did speak to me because I am mm. really seeking, you know, for years now. I'm, honestly, JJ, I, I tell you the range of emotions that came out when I, you know, when I read the book because I am seeking. So I know that, you know, for all my listeners out there, if you are seeking, you talk about things off the side of your desk and things that you want to do, things that you desire, the illusion of success, all of those things is like things that have been running through my mind, things that, you know, people, other persons have come to me and we talk about these things, things that we want to do, but, you know, there's always that but, but there's no money, but, and the range of things, you come up with the excuses and it's like every single thing you touch in the book. That's what I, I keep saying. It's like mm. an A to Z of self-discovery because it's like, as you feel this way and you see you want, you, you question yourself, then the next chapter, it addresses it. So I'm telling you, I'm seeking. So I don't know if that's the reason why the books resonated with me so much. But I tell you, it, 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 it was really, really good. Really good. Thank and, you. You know, what I want to ask you now is which chapter or any of the concepts in the book that you consider most valuable or impactful? Well, I would say each chapter has been a meaningful milestone or duration of my journey. So whether you're talking about your relationships or you're talking about your relationship with money, or you talk about self-worth or how do you differentiate if you're going to listen to your ego energy or your soul energy. Um, but I think, you know, I love the seasons chapter two, where it talks about like that things happen in seasons. I learned this from Rebecca Campbell and I feel like we can't always be blooming in summer, right? We have to have a fall where we let things go and a winter of hibernation and a spring of rebirth. And I think society makes us feel like we always have to be blooming and it's exhausting. And I think knowing where you are in your seasons and giving yourself the space you need to work through whatever you're working through is the greatest gift you can give yourself. 
My only encouragement to you is make sure that you are working on that frequency band. So even if you're working through the hardest thing you've ever had to do, make sure you're listening to inspiring podcasts like this one, right? Mindful. Or you are watching YouTube videos, right? Or you are having conversations that are uplifting. They're not dragging you back through situations that are draining you. Like you really have to be mindful of your energy, regardless of where you are in your journey. And I think I have a lot of strategy. You can do that, but a lot of people do. So whatever is calling you pay attention because it is a lifeline sometimes or a life jacket. And I feel like those are all around us. If we are in the present moment. Well said, well said. And I think that just wraps up that, that just encapsulates everything. Cause my next question was, how do you want the book to impact? you know, the readers, but I think that really, what you said a while ago, really, um, it answered that for me too. And, and for the readers, you know, you have to be mindful, you have to be present and you have to listen to the whispers. The universe speaks, it speaks to us, <laughs> but we don't, uh, oftentimes we ignore it. And I think we have to listen to what's also in our heart. So thank you, JJ. <laughs> thank you. And I'm so honored to meet you. I hope to meet you in person one day. And I will just reassure that if you're listening to this to the end, there is no accidents that you have similar frequencies to what we're experiencing and that there is a message for you in everything you're doing, including this discussion. True, true, true. And I just, in wrapping up, I just want to, you know, just give my insights on the book, you know, my, let the listeners hear why they should get the book. I, I keep saying it. I don't, I don't know if I want to hear even more. Why I'm so in love with the book. Um, you know, I love the self-thought questions. I have, as I said, I've been seeking for years and I've done courses and that sort of thing, you know, online courses, in-person courses, you know, really trying to find my purpose. But I tell you, JJ, this book has everything. When you read the book, you don't need to go do no course. <laughs> it's like a course for itself, you know, because you have the questions that you, you know, the self-thought questions in each chapter, you know, for us to go through. And that causes so much introspection, you know, and key findings. I find that for each key finding, the 74 key findings, you know, those those are like little nudges, you know, just sticking us, you know, to, to just think deeply and to just take action. Because some of them is like, you have to think about things. And then some of it is like, go do, 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 act, act. So it's like, for me, it was like sticking me, go push, go do, go do, you know? And it was, it was it's just remarkable. Um, and I love that you shared your journey and experiences. That was the very first thing as I took up the book and started reading it. I said, you know, this is not an author that is telling us what to do. You're sharing your journey and your experiences, your emotions with us. And I just love that. And because of that, it was such an easy read. You know, people might take up the book and see a lot of chapters. <laughs> but easy read you know because it's like storytelling you know we're 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 learning about your journey so it helps us and it's it helped me to say okay i have gone through that experience i am going through that now and if you can get out of that if you can think this way i can just follow and i can do it too 
So I really appreciated that. Really, really appreciated that. And I will leave my listeners with one of my favorite key findings. And this one really, really, really resonated with me. And this one was key finding number five. Well, guys, when you get the book, look it up. Um, and it was, there are no mistakes in your experiences and your yearning. No mistakes. No matter what you go through, it's not a mistake. It's, you know, bringing you to that great big thing. So thank you, JJ, for writing this book. Love, love, love it. And as we say, the universe aligns and it's like, you wrote this book for me. And it's that the mm. universe brought you and the book to me and my listeners so thank you so much and thank you thank, for thank you sharing and thank you for starting your podcast because had you not leaned into your whisper we probably wouldn't be talking because that wouldn't have been a way to so I just I'm so honored that the book came through me and I can't even believe that I, it's surreal, honestly. It's surreal, but I really believe in the messages and I believe in the insights. And I feel like this is the time for women to step into what is calling them. Well said, well said. And I can't thank you enough. So my beautiful listeners, do, do go out and get the book, Seeking by JJ DeGeronimo. I'm not sure. I mean, my lighting, so I'm not sure, but I'll post and I'll put everything and JJ, I'll put all your links, everything in the show notes. So listeners, you have no excuse, <laughs> no excuses to go out and get the book. And the other thing I love JJ about the book is that in the appendix, you have all your references, resources, whether it's podcasts, whether it's books that you read, everything. So I tell you guys, if you read don't pay for those courses that they have online just buy seeking by jj digeronimo and you don't need a course everything is in the book everything is there everything is there jj everything i tell you everything is in that book i call it the the, the, the bible for self-discovery and self-fulfillment that's what i call it <laughs> that is unbelievable well thank you this is been so magical and I will just say like it's just it's mind-blowing to me that somebody who's dyslexic could put together a book that someone feels so magical about and I just am so grateful for this moment really because I feel like this is just going to always be a highlight for me and I just really appreciate this connection and we appreciate you and the universe sending you and that book to us so thank you so much thank you Thank you for joining us on this episode. But please, 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 guys, do not keep this podcast to yourselves. Share, share, share. Tell a friend, a family member, a co-worker, or just anybody you think would love to listen. And please don't forget to like and subscribe. I love but remember, the journey of a million miles begins with one single step so nobody beat up on yourself all right people and look out for the next episode of mindful the podcast love you know.